It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you out there listening. I'm Chloe Thomas, creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. This podcast is sponsored by Paper Planes, the masters of programmatic direct mail. Think personalised direct mail automatically triggered by what your customers do. Find out more about that at flypaperplanes.co.uk and they're offering all our listeners a huge discount of up to 50% off rate card for any campaigns triggering at least 10,000 prints. Just quote Masterplan to get that. Today, I don't have a retailer to interview. Instead, we're going to be exploring the world of e-commerce from another angle. Let me introduce you to today's special guest. Murray Priestley is a partner at the Global Private Partners, which is a private equity firm based in Hong Kong. And he's author of The One Million Dollar Payday, which is designed to help us all understand what a private equity business a private equity business, will be looking for in our business should we want to sell. So this show is going to be about buying, scaling and selling online businesses. Plus, we'll probably aim to get a few nuggets from Murray's wide experience of dealing and growing with e-commerce businesses themselves. So hello, Murray. Glad to be uh, glad to be here and speaking with everybody. And uh, hopefully I'm looking forward to uh, being able to share some great insights, hopefully. Well, I've just given our listeners a ridiculously quick overview of you and what you're up to in e-commerce. But how did you get started off in e-commerce? How did you end up doing what you're doing now? We actually purchased a um, so a private equity company. Just to put some perspective on it, is is we represent a group of investors. Uh, those investors are friendly investors, so we are we are looking to be part of, like buy into a company, either a percentage of or in the entire company. Um, and and be able to grow that company, scale it, and to be able to sell it at some point. And so, you know, we we actually purchased a um, we I, I grabbed a, a bunch of my friends um, as investors, and we purchased a an Amazon business going back probably now nearly two years ago. Mm-hmm. And since then, we've bought another um, three of them and stitched them into the same same business. Mm-hmm. And then we've managed to spin that off into a, a services company and a, a product company. And, mm-hmm. and right now we're we're um, busy trying to to sell off the first of the product brand businesses mm-hmm. um, to the market by itself. But um, you know we're we've got a few other investments outside of e-commerce. But uh, that's that's our first intro into e-commerce. Cool. So did you take uh, the Amazon business and turn it into a direct consumer as well, or did you, did you have you you know purely kept it on that one platform? No, first thing first thing we did is immediately spin it into other platforms, so into Rakuten, um, Jet.com, which is now I think Walmart, but mm-hmm. um, don't quote me. But the um, we've also got some Shopify sites, um, so definitely um, being in one platform is may well be great but it's it has some risk so mm-hmm. the, the plan was immediately to try and spread the risk across many platforms yeah we've certainly learned a lot of lessons on the way through about <laughs> what platforms work and what don't i mean amazon is fantastic and 
others that I may have mentioned may not have anywhere near the uh, the same same result, but it's still better to be you know to spread your risk. So yeah, yeah, yeah. we haven't we haven't focused on just Amazon. Cool. I was going to say I can't imagine a private equity firm purely staying Amazon because the whole point is about building more equity into the business, isn't it? So you can sell it for more than you bought it for. So. I'm, I'm glad you said you've diversified. I thought I'd be like, really? You, you just stuck with the one? That's crazy. Um. <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I mean, look, even, even just, you know, getting into Amazon UK, Amazon uh, in Europe, Amazon in Japan, um, pretty soon Amazon in Australia, um, definitely helps you, you know, spread mm-hmm. the risk around. Um, you know, and, and the numbers are just vastly different. I mean, the amount of effort that you need to spend in advertising in the UK, for example, in and basing in the UK and then selling into Spain and France and whatever is is way less. You don't have to spend anywhere near as much in advertising compared to the US mm-hmm. to get the same output. But the the total volume is obviously a lot smaller, but yeah. it, it's profitable. So as long as it's profitable, it adds to the whole picture. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? You've just got to make sure each one of your channels is delivering the return you want one way or another. We, we look we we look at everything on a numbers basis. So um, w- whether it comes down to um, just by channel, by product, by uh, you know advertising path, you know is is the for example we might have six different campaigns running for a particular product on a particular channel, and they're all being split tested like all the time, and and if any one of them isn't performing, then it's it's killed. Um, if they perform well, then you scale them. You throw more money at them as long as they're profitable. So it's all numbers based. It's the basis um, of the or the basis of straightforward optimization, really, isn't it? If it's working, do more of it. If it's not working, stop it or make it work if you can. Yeah, and look, how many people do you know that just fall in love with their product? You know, they just go, oh, you know, I just bought this fantastic, you know, Bluetooth bloody speaker headset or whatever, and you know, I spent all this money getting it moving, and then lo and behold, it doesn't sell. So you spend all this money, you know, trying to make it work when it's it's just a dud. You shouldn't have bought that many in the first place. And <laughs> I can say that easily because we did exactly that with exactly that product. So, um, you know, there's one thing that we've learned on the way through is that in e-commerce, the success is in buying cheap. You, you make your money at the start, not the end. It's like real estate, I guess, but um, – yeah, we've learned that, you know, spectacular failures in a number of products mm-hmm. where we thought, wow, this would, you know, we just suddenly, I don't know what happened, but we, we thought we'd, we knew better than everybody and we'll, we'll buy a lot of them. We'll buy 5,000 units of that product. And it's like, wow, we just can't, you know, I think we've, we've still maybe got two and a half thousand left and that's two years later or a year and a yeah. half later. So, And that, that just ties up a lot of cash that can't be, you can't do anything else with, isn't it? It's uh Never yeah, did. absolutely. No, you buy cheap. That's there's, there's one thing. <laughs> buy cheap, and and like if I don't know if you, you you've probably been uh, talking to others about drop shipping. I mean, drop shipping is a fantastic way to get started because you've got no risk of inventory. Mm-hmm. So if you can make something work in drop shipping, then go buy more of it, and then suddenly don't drop ship it. You know, private label it, but now you at least you know you've got something that sells. So yeah, then it's now a, it's a the great only way question to test is, it, isn't it? The dropshipping yeah. model. But then, it, then the question now is, how long will it continue to sell? Because we've we've got products that will be a spectacular success for about three months, 
and then they die away. And there's no actual logical reason why. It's just that they just don't sell anymore. So you just don't want to get caught with a lot of inventory. And and you've got to have something to replace it as well, haven't you? It's that constant, what's the next thing? What's the next thing? Look, with um, we've we've managed to spin out and you know I, the the word is pivot. You know, you you kind of you you have a you start your business with a particular path and then you kind of go, wow, that's not working as well as I thought. So you pivot a little bit and you come up with something else. But we managed to spin out a um, a services company. So that's providing services to other e-commerce companies. Mm-hmm. And we we then, you know, once you've got sort of 20, 30 clients, you start realizing what works, what doesn't work. And the guys that are doing a lot of a lot of money, you know, we we certainly uh, have got an association with uh, a company that's doing 30 million a year on Amazon, which mm-hmm. puts them in the top 1%. Um that they they just have lots of products. So they're not doing spectacularly well on any. They just do okay on a lot of them. And but they're not they buy cheap and they're not carrying inventory risk. Mm. It's, it's a diff, it's a different level of thinking I think than most most people would think because they, most people fall in love with their product. Whereas the ones you're seeing to be most successful are just like just bring it on, bring on the volume in terms of number yeah. of SKUs. Yeah, absolutely. Bring on, bring on more SKUs. Bring on, you know, test, test lots. Um, you know, we're at a point now we're nearly testing twenty products a week. Seriously. So, yeah. Wow. So you're you're doing twenty products every week, and then with small volumes, and just seeing which ones fly, and then discontinuing those that don't, and keeping those that that shift some units. Is it literally that simple? It, it literally it literally is that simple. Definitely. Oh. Okay, well, look, what I really want to ask you about, because I'm, I'm getting slightly blown away by some of the numbers you're giving us and some of the bits and pieces you're on about, but I, I kind of think we should kind of tie this back into your book, The $1 million Payday, which, as I said up front, is designed to help the rest of us understand what a private equity business will be looking for in our business so we can, if we're looking to, to sell and get out to private equity. So I'm guessing within the book, there's quite a few really important lessons. Would that be that be the case? Certainly, certainly. The um, okay. So, from a private equity perspective, we are we are looking to acquire companies who are struggling. We're not looking for high flyers. We're looking for companies that have got hidden value where the owner doesn't know what they're sitting on. Um, you know, an example that I've used. You know, many times is you know where you've got an email list. Say you know you've got a hundred thousand people on an email list, but you've never emailed them. You know that would be a, a hidden asset that you've you're just you know yeah. you're just not taking advantage of. Um, where you you know you've got you've got a particular process that you that you're doing that that we look at and go wow that's a great process we could use that and scale it into all these other companies. Mm-hmm. Um, so you might think that you know you're happy with what you're doing, but we can think, wow, we could scale out across all these other things, so we would get more value from it. So in in some respects, you know, we're we're looking for uh, a business that, you know, the owner maybe doesn't really want to sell, or you know, if they are selling, it's a reluctant sale, because we want to buy cheap. And I've just said before, just when like you buy products. a product, you you want to buy cheap. <laughs> Right, so 
So we're selfish. However, so if we just take like the opposite view of that, mm-hmm. there's there's certain things that are pretty much always hidden value in most companies. And so if you just kind of do those things, then you know you've got you've got a huge advantage. And and look, one of them is is you know we 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 always talk about um, uh, like vision and communication. So if you've got a company. For example, it has say three staff, whether mm-hmm. that's two VAs or whatever. If so, if I spoke to one of those VAs and I said, "So, what what is this company about?" Most likely, they would not be able to tell me other than the "Well, we sell product." They wouldn't be able to say, "Oh, you know, this we we you know we're passionate about this particular niche, or we've got you know we're we're really wanting to get into this and." You know, most most businesses don't have that level of communication within the company mm-hmm. about what the vision of the company is. So therefore, that tells me that that everybody is not working. They're not pointed in the same direction. Got you. So okay, so okay, we're not buying three person companies as a as a typical example. But let's say there's like ten people in the company. Well, guarantee you know eight of them are doing the work because they get paid to do their job and they do a great job. They, they turn up, you know, they, everybody's heart is in the right place. However, they, they're not pointed in the same direction as the owner. So there's the first thing to fix. It's the most, it's the easiest thing to fix. And what you find is that most of the people that are working in the company actually have got some great ideas because they're the ones dealing with customers. They're the ones mm-hmm. dealing with the day to day, and so if you just listen to them based on you saying, hey, this is my direction, this is what I'm trying to achieve, you know, how can we do that? And then just shut up and listen, you'll learn something. And generally, if you execute what you've just been, you know, sh- what they've shared with you, that steps you, you know, that most likely gives you a great improvement. I don't know if you've seen that before. Yeah, yeah, I've I've, I've- I've seen it happen in businesses and it's it's forever amazing the things the team will come out with you just like oh my god that's brilliant <laughs> why did we not ask you yeah. before but I'm get, getting the impression that the book is less about how to sell your business to a private equity firm but more about how to avoid selling to a private equity firm by making the money they'd make off you in the first place or is that it too is. cheeky it, of me to say <laughs> no no it is it, 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 it it's look the um we we have enough deal flow where there's enough companies and enough people to look to buy mm-hmm. than we could ever worry about. So that that's not really the issue. So this is more about, okay, so here's some lessons learned over the last, you know, Please. 20 years or so. And so that's kind of the, mm. you, I think you've nailed it. It's, you know, here, here's how to avoid getting bought. But the, the bigger question is how many people have thought about actually selling? Because, I, you know, I could talk to You've got no doubt at least one business. Uh, maybe you've got more, but have you ever thought about selling it? And most people have just never thought about that. They they do it because it gives them an income. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got to look after families and all the rest of it. But have you thought about selling? And and therefore, if you if you my my view is always start a business assuming you are going to sell it, and therefore structure it in a way that makes it easier to sell. And you would actually build the business differently. And probably better as well. Because it tends to be, if uh, it's something which somebody wants to buy, then it's usually something it's worth running. 
Almost certainly. Almost certainly it'll be better. Most people are looking to buy a cash machine. That at the at the at the level of, let's say the level of a business, say less than five million dollars of a mm-hmm. purchase, it's a cash machine. It you know you know up the up to about the five million, a little bit more. It might be strategic. You know the reasons why they people want to buy, mm-hmm. but but generally they want they want cash flow, so they want to buy something that that can if they crank the handle. That there's already a team in place. It spits out profit, and therefore you put a multiplier on the profit, and that's how much you you buy the business for. Mm-hmm. Which is the the whole idea of a million dollar payday is if you just do a reverse engineering and you say most e-commerce companies sell between twenty four and thirty times their monthly profit. So if you just work the numbers backwards, so if you're doing about say. $5,000 profit per month, then multiply that by 30 is probably how much that business is worth now to somebody else. Got you. Now, so what makes that more valuable? Well, do you, do you have to rely on the, you know, are you buying a one-person company, which is, you know, nobody's ever going to buy a one-person company because, you know, they, they need the team to be able to continue to do the work. So That's if you've got a... Yeah, so therefore have a team. You know, that means you've got to have systems. And so you, you no doubt you've you've had many conversations with um with your you know with your group mm-hmm. the, about the benefits of systems. Well here's here's the big benefit. The big benefit is if the owner doesn't have to do all the work, then the company is able to be sold and therefore, you know, now it's a matter of well, how much can we sell it for and you know what would you do if you put a million dollars in your pocket? You know you you could probably break it into two, buy two five hundred thousand dollar companies, and do it do it twice. So we need to be having our vision and communication in place, a team that's bigger than one, and systems in place so that the owner's not essential, if that makes sense. Um, what what else should we be doing to to grow our businesses and get them ready for some some sort of sale? In, look specifically in e-commerce, um, ha- have have most of your expertise around buying cheap, because the technology part around building sites is simple. You can go hire people. You know, there's heaps of technology people around, so you can hire someone to build a website. You can. I mean, at Shopify sites, I think our guys now whip them up in about an hour and a half and put <laughs> yeah. everything that they need in, in that site to make it work and, and you know, and be optimized. Mm-hmm. Um, have that data mentality that we, it's all about the numbers. And so, you know, kill things that are not working, um, split test everything, like literally everything. If there's one, if there's one skill that, that somebody needs to have is to optimize a business is to split test everything. And I'm not sure if that is meaningful to anyone. Well, what, could you explain to us like the, the most surprising thing that you've split tested, if you're split testing everything, just to illustrate the point? Okay, so f- for e-commerce, um, price is the most obvious. So if you've got a product, l- let's assume that you're selling, um, I don't know, five units of a particular product per day. Mm-hmm. Which may may be high for some, but um, look, just go with the the example. Yeah. So, 
So for the for one week, put the price. Let's say the price is twenty nine ninety nine. So next week, make the price um, thirty four ninety nine, and see if there's any any discernible difference in purchasing. And so what what you might learn is that you actually sell the same amount of units at thirty four ninety nine as you did at twenty nine. So now you've just made an extra what five five dollars margin, literally margin, nice. not, not not revenue. Yeah. Um, per unit. Well, let, let's say you only sold eighty percent of the volume that in, at the higher price, mm-hmm. but when you work the numbers out, you actually still made more money. So therefore, it's probably better having a higher price. Yeah. The other way, of course, is to go lower and see what happens with that. But but by split testing price, you get the biggest gain really quickly. And and what we do is on the Amazon side anyway is is one week. We run, we run one set of data for one week and then another set of data for the next week. So you're not creating you duplicate product listings. You're literally just changing from week to week and comparing last week with this week. Yeah. yeah. And, and we keep, uh, keep uh, yeah, well, it's, nothing's complicated. It's, but what you <laughs> need is, is, a, is a good um, way of keeping track record of what you've done. So you, know, you don't want to repeat you know, particular experiments on that yeah. you've keep done a, before. Like keep a knowledge bank of, right, we know that's worth testing. We know that always works. So we'll always do that on everything else. Yeah. Then then test the um, the title um, and just make sure you've, you know, you've, you've got a title that makes sense. And I, I there's a bunch of software that, that, um, that you can buy now that uh, does all this keyword stuffing and, you know, all this beautiful analysis on, you know what? How much? How many? How many of your keywords are actually being indexed, and all this sort of stuff? Almost in every single case, we've tested um, a human, a human-written title and description beats anything that's keyword stuffed. I don't know if that's meaningful really? to you, to what I've said there. So go for the user first, the keyword stuffing second. Yeah, put your put yourself in the mind of the person who's buying. And, and, and picture, well, what are they looking for? And therefore, what are they more likely to read? It's, it's again, as you said, it's not that complicated, but um, it's not that, maybe it's not that obvious to a lot of people. If you get sucked into some of these software products, you, um, you can waste a lot of money and, and not necessarily make more sales. So, yeah, that's it, isn't I'm, it? You're, I'm a, you've won fewer software subscription to pay for and better sales. That's, that's a win, I think. A double win, maybe, in my book. Look, I'm, 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 at a, I'm sort of ambivalent. Um, just split test everything, split test titles, split test descriptions. When you get into des- descriptions, it probably doesn't have that greater impact. The price and the title have the biggest impact of all. The next one would be the image. You know the the main image for the product. You know, change the image, make it a, a lifestyle image. I I I don't want to be degrading, but most buyers of e-commerce products probably don't have the imagination to picture how that product is being used. So just a, I guess the classic example nowadays is the completely white background, you know, and mm-hmm. and a picture of the product. So let's just say the product is a, I don't know, I'm just looking around at some of the things here that I've got on my desk, but uh, my wife has a, um, like a water water aroma therapy kind of diffuser. Mm-hmm. 
So if you just took a photograph of that, you wouldn't immediately know what that is. But if you if you had a picture of it being used by a person, then you would you would your your imagination would be oh okay well that's what that product is I, I can I can see how it's been used, and so those images tend to work way better than the standard product image. Okay, and um, we said we said up front that you know this is about working out how to grow your business, but also how to go about selling your business. If someone's keen to sell and they think private equity might be an option to sell out to, how do they how do they go about approaching the the mysterious world of private equity? Private equity is probably going to creep up on you as opposed to the other <laughs> way around. Um, I guess the the generic answer there is so how do you how do you sell an e-commerce company? Um, there's a number of players online. Mm-hmm. Um, Empire Flippers is one. FE International is one. You know that they are they're purpose-built websites that sell e-commerce businesses. We've so actually what they had um, is... Thomas Smale of FE International on the show before. So um, oh great! If anyone wants to listen to that, I I don't know what the number is off the top of my head, but um, but it's up there. No, fantastic. Well, you should get Justin Cook from um, Empire Flippers as well. The okay, uh, cool. who's a who's a really interesting guy. On my list. But the yeah the. You know, they, they, again, they just—they're looking for the data, you know. So show us the show us the sales, show us the expenses, show us the basics, right? So, wh- one of the things I know from them is that um, most e-commerce businesses don't keep good accounting records. It's, so it's it's worth making sure that you've got good accounting records. So you you kind of know what your real, you know, profit is, as opposed to. You, you're just making money and you're just pocketing the cash and spending it and then going, oh, my God, I need to spend more, you know, in this expense, which is most most people, as you know. Mm-hmm. But just by doing the accounting means that you can hand them the data. They can, they can look at it. All they're going to do is they're going to calculate what's your last three months average profit, net profit, and then multiply that by between 24 and 30, and that's likely to be what your business is worth. Now, they have lots of people who are looking to buy companies. And at around that million-dollar mark, you definitely – you're looking at a more private sort of higher net worth person who would, mm-hmm. is looking for a portfolio of businesses. Yeah. But they're not super interested in being able to run that company. They're looking for somebody that can run that for them. They might have already hired a guy uh, or a person, of course, that – that can manage four or five of their investments for them, but they're looking for the fact that you've got a team, that, that you know the business will keep running, that it's got some longevity, that you've got upside that you haven't done so you know you haven't taken advantage of certain things, mm-hmm. and you know those those businesses are, are very easy to sell. Okay, there you go, guys. That's that's what you need to do. Get get your ducks in a row. Get everything sorted out. Make sure your team's there. And uh, get those accounts in order and then head over to Empire Flippers or FE International and raise the flag, as it were. We're here. <laughs> Come and take a yeah. look. But I mean, how, how many people have thought, you know, if you get to that sort of 10 million, oh, sorry, ten ten thousand dollars profit a month, you know, so suddenly that, that makes the business, you know, it's got some value. You know, suddenly, you know, we're talking – we're we're sort of a third of the way to what I would think is 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 viable. So, 
get that business up to about what twenty five to thirty thousand dollars a month, which is probably nearly a hundred thousand in revenue. Mm-hmm. You can do a hundred thousand in revenue. I've, I've seen guys do that with three SKUs. So let's say most normal people would probably do that with ten SKUs on on a on an on a uh, e-commerce site. Well, that business is likely to be worth a million dollars. Convert that all to pounds, of course, and same thing. It's a million pounds. Well, guys, there's your target. Go go off and uh, and create them, but don't go off yet because we're going to do the top tips round next. Now, before <laughs> we dive into the top tips, here's a reminder of our sponsor. Are you struggling to see a return on investment from your email comms? Imagine a letter that you know your customer would want to read. Imagine if it could write and send itself at the very moment you know your customer would want to read it. Paper Planes links online behaviour to highly relevant, personalised, tangible media that lands with customers within 48 hours. That's programmatic direct mail, and that's what Paper Planes deliver. Visit flypaperplanes.co.uk to see how it works and quote Masterplan to receive a discount of up to 50% off rate card for any campaigns triggering 10,000 prints or over. I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Not that we haven't had a ton of those already today. Um, so Murray, first up, your book top tip, please. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? Uh, the Checklist Manifesto. Mm, what's that one about then? It's about how to, how to make systems, how to build systems. It's it's the it's the best book on systemization I've ever read. Wow! It, it, it starts with the it, it starts with the the whole concept of well, I'm, I'm I'm trying to remember the names of the guys the um, that he talks about, but um, it started with the whole idea of a guy who was in medical medical science medical research. Mm-hmm. He kind of figured out that most doctors that when they go into surgery sometimes forget to wash their hands. And if you don't wash your hands, you 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 know, you have bacteria. Yeah. And if you go into surgery, that causes problems, that causes infections. So the infection rate in surgeries and hospitals in America, they were graphing that across the board. And he just worked out, well, maybe if we just, you know, built a checklist and said all, you know, the, the lead nurse mm-hmm. basically read out the checklist and said, have you done this? Have you done this? Have you done this? And they just... Like, have you washed your hands? Sounds simple. And they did that and they reduced the infection rate down to like, you know, one or 2% of what it was. Wow. It became so famous, they then rolled that out across um, the state. That state, I think from memory, it was Mississippi, um, ended up being like the best um, infection rate in hospitals. And then they rolled that across the U.S., and now that's the standard practice in all hospitals pretty much everywhere in the world. And it was based on a checklist. Just follow a checklist. That's why pilots have a checklist. You know, it's, they already know how to fly the plane, but let's just go through the process and figure out have we done everything that we should have done? And then if we have, then let's you know shut the door and everyone strap up and let's go. Awesome. What's what? Yeah, that that book's going on my wish list. I have to say. Now, the traffic <laughs> top tip: which marketing method do you either prize above all others, or think doesn't get the press it deserves? This one probably does get the press it deserves, but Facebook advertising is just a killer. 
if you, if people realize the depth of information that is available in Facebook and the ability to be able to 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 basically charge up Facebook pixels and understand what data a pixel can contain mm-hmm. um, it is amazing what you can do with that and the, the, well, I'm talking like stuff that our guys are doing today they, they we there is some killer things you can do with Facebook You've got time to mention one if you fancy it, <laughs> if or if you're willing to share. <laughs> well, what you can do, the way that, and look, I'm not, I'm not the the expert here, but I know enough to be dangerous. But the the, the whole concept of a pixel um, is probably not meaningful to a lot of people. But what you can do is you can teach, you can teach Facebook what type of audience you want to have. And so if you just say, for example, that I want, I, you know, you obviously want them to buy something. But if you put up a video ad as opposed to an image ad, because a video ad will always get a better response and it's actually cheaper mm-hmm. than running an image ad. But you tell your pixel that you want to optimize for viewing the content, then it will find more people to view your video. So if your video is about a product, then after a couple of days, then change your pixel and tell it right now, now I want you to optimize for people who are wanting to add to cart. So it's already learnt about the people who want to watch the video. So it already remembers that. So it's still optimizing for that, but now it it, it further optimizes for add to cart. So oh, cool. obviously everyone who adds to cart, there's a high chance they're going to actually buy something. Well, after a couple of days, again, if you've got the right audience, then then tell the pixel, now you want to optimize for a purchase. And so it's now you've taught the pixel all of this information about people who want to watch the video, add to cart, and therefore you now get you now get a much better better result. Very nice. Now I know that's probably that's probably a, a very high level view of something that's maybe foreign to most, but learn more about how Facebook works because it does the heavy lifting for you. If you you know literally our guys are, are running um, you know maybe at least 10 different audiences, um, you know, every single day on on every single product we're testing. So, and it's a matter of just, you know, having having Facebook do all the work for you. If the audience doesn't work, turn it off. If it works, scale it. Okay, the tool top tip. Maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? I'll tell you one that I've, I I bought years ago, and I know it still exists. It's called Basecamp. Oh, yes. It's a collaboration tool. Except my team don't like using it. They they like more technical things. So right now I can tell you that I'm at a at a loggerheads with my team. So we no longer use it, but I love it. I, I'm I'm because I like simple things. I like things that are just simple ways of figuring out whether somebody's doing something. You know, if I mm-hmm. task you with a task, then, you know, I can use this one tool. You can be part of the project. You can see all the data about the project. You know, there's a to-do list. There's, it's a simple tool. It's, it's very easy to use. I, I just like their ideas. However, sadly, um, it's not something my guys use because they, they like more complicated things. 
um, which I think is just a young person thing. <laughs> it's often the, often the nightmare of being the business owner. It's like, well, this tool's brilliant, guys. No, I don't want to use it. It's like, oh, which renders, however good the tool is, it renders it pointless because if the team won't use it, then, yeah. I've, Look, I guess, I guess I'm about outcome. It's about outcomes for me. So if the team's actually doing you know great work, then get out of their way. Yeah. As opposed to try and force some other, you know, old thinking that I might have down their throat. <laughs> <laughs> okay, finally then, um, your startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? Learn how to drop ship. Ah. Really simple. Le- learn learn how to learn how to put put something up and sell something that you don't actually you haven't bought yet. Because so avoiding you can, that product stock risk. Absolutely, absolutely. The uh, I was lucky enough to go to um, with a colleague to St. Petersburg in Russia. Wow! And and do a uh, do an education for a group of people. It's probably only fifty people mm. that are uh, homeschooling, and so they were looking for how to sort of make another maybe fifty or a hundred dollars a month. And the um, the guy that invited me was teaching them about arbitrage. And I thought, arbitrage, that's a very complicated sounding name for something that most people won't understand, but it's basically, you know, how can you buy it, it, it in one market and sell it in another market for a little bit more? Mm-hmm. And that's what dropshipping is. So, you know, his, his, his teaching was really simple, um, which is go, go find that you can buy the product uh, for, say, $20 and somebody, that person or that company will mail it to your customer for you for free so it's twenty dollars so now go sell it for thirty and so you collect the thirty dollars you then pay the twenty dollars for them to mail it and you've kept ten sounds simple so then just scale that do more of it figure out you know how much does it kind of cost you in advertising in order to make more of those sales i think that's the if you're going to get into e-commerce, if you don't understand how that works, then you're going to lose a lot of money if you try any other way. Oh, yes. Well, look, Master Plan World, you can find those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Um, Mari, before we say goodbye, could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? The easiest one is to go to the, the website of 11mpayday.com, as in 1 million, mm-hmm. one, one M payday, just the number one. Um, you know, it's a, just put your email in, you'll get a, a link to download the PDF of the book. It's, it's not a hugely long read. You could probably go through it in a couple of hours, but I think there's some gems in there. I'm, I'm quietly, quietly confident that most people will sit there and scratch their head and go, wow, there's a good idea. Nice. So the then, book's available completely for free then? Yeah, yeah, sure. Very nice. At the end of the day, the uh, as I said, we, we have enough deal flow where it's 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 not a not a big deal. I'm happy if somebody thinks that they've got a business that they would like to sell, if I can help them, great. Um, if not, no problem. Um, but I think you'll get a lot of uh, a lot of information out of the book. And there's some you know, I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty happy that there's some really good thoughts in that book that uh, if you just go and do them and and stop second guessing that you'll actually make a, you know a change to what you do as a as a business. 
Cool. Well, look, I'll add a link to the book and uh, everything else we talked about in today's show in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or head over to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Murray, thank you so much for being on the e-commerce Masterplan podcast today and for giving us a nice different angle on the world of e-commerce. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. My pleasure, Kami. Great talking with you. Wow. I am... I think it's going to take me a couple of days to process everything we just learned from Murray there because it was such great variety and so many little but yet hugely powerful nuggets. It's kind of it's kind of sent my brain a bit spinny. So um, so I guess the key things from what I can remember right now before it all settles down was about making sure you're buying those products cheap. That's where your margin's going to be met, uh, made rather. But you've got to be ready to pivot. If it's not working, pivot and do something else. Um, and I think, quite frankly, we should all go and download his book because from conversations I had with him before we started recording, the conversation within the recording and the conversation I've just had with him as well, um, I have to say, I think that book is um, it's something I'm going to be reading in the next couple of days because I think there's there's a lot packed in there. So let's make the most of Murray's knowledge and, uh, and get thinking about potential sale or how we go about evading the uh, the private equity um, vultures from circling by fixing the things they'd fix before they fix it so we make more money. Um, guys, I hope you've enjoyed that one. Uh, have a great... Oh, if you've got any questions or thoughts out of this one and your head's spinning a bit as well, then please do go and post your thoughts in the Facebook group, which is ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. We'll take you there. Always great to chat with so many of you in there. Have a great week, all of you, and uh, keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the Ecommerce Masterplan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com.